Mark. Is that uh, your reasoning? Well, why shouldn't it be? There are people watching. I understand you fancy yourself as a writer. Jeremy Irons is Kafka. To solve a mystery, he will enter a nightmare. Kafka, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Some films are perhaps too experimental and deliberately vague or Rorschach-like, or maybe just ahead of their time, to be understood, even by their makers. After winning the Cannes Film Festival's Palme d'Or for his 1989 breakout hit Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and at age 26 becoming the youngest director to do so, Steven Soderbergh went on to be lauded as, Roger Ebert's words here, the poster boy of the Sundance generation and along with a handful of others at the time, such as Spike Lee and Wayne Wang, was credited with helping to launch the modern independent cinema movement as we know it today. Eagerly courted by studios large and small, Filmdom's fans and industry execs eagerly anticipated the Wonderkin's next cinematic endeavor. Then when Kafka hit theaters in November of 1991, there was a resoundingly loud worldwide collective what the f accompanied by quite a bit of head-scratching. To say Kafka was a box office disappointment is an understatement. With a budget of $11 million, a hefty price tag for an independent film even today, and in this case funded by the then-fledgling Miramax in conjunction with Barry Levinson's Baltimore Pictures, it barely broke $1 million in ticket sales. Critics were split down the middle, and not in the sense that half liked it and half didn't, but in the rare sense that almost every critic both liked and hated it, <laughs> or at least certain elements. Many question why Soderbergh would choose as his sophomore effort something thematically so far removed from the intimate, Eric Romer-esque nature of Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And while the director at the time defended his position, saying he'd always been drawn to this kind of filmmaking, and that Sex, Lies, and Videotape was actually the departure for him, he would later publicly state that perhaps Kafka was indeed a career misstep. And even today he talks of revamping it completely. Wow. Now for those who came in late and are not familiar with this intriguing, if yes, somewhat indecipherable, I mean it does beg repeated viewings, little gem, we here present a little primer. I'm Craig Jamison of Gold Cottage Online, and welcome to the movie sneak buried treasure of the week. Kafka, a little too Soderbergh, even for Soderbergh?
to that kind of success, uh, people come and they say, uh, what are you going to do now? And how do you choose this film as the one to do now? Well, initially I was going to do a film called The Last Ship, which was about a naval destroyer that survives World War III. Um, this was Sidney Pollock, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. right. And fortunately, for a lot of reasons, I, I couldn't crack it and I set it aside. And now, as it turns out, it's probably a, 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 an irrelevant film to make, whether that's right or not, that we aren't thinking about nuclear holocaust. Yeah. Um, I immediately turned to Kafka, which is something I'd wanted to do since I first read it in 1985. What was it about it that made you want to do it? Well, I, I'd been interested in the, the ideas that Kafka wrote yeah. about, but the great thing about the script was it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, an exam, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't uh, highfalutin in any way. It was a mystery thriller that happened to have a protagonist, protagonist yeah. named Kafka, and um, it was exciting. It was yeah. accessible. It was something anybody could enjoy. In Prague of 1919, Kafka, a fictitious amalgam of Kafka characters Joseph K., Gregor Samsa, and the writer himself, and here portrayed by Jeremy Irons, works a life-sucking existence at insurance claim cipher by day, but lets his imagination loose by night via the spinning of stories the world will come to recognize as being from the author's famous pen. When a co-worker mysteriously disappears, Kafka seeks answers and is plunged into a dark, disturbing, and very funny web of intrigue involving a possible police cover-up and political extremism from the right and the left in the way of both a group of bomb-planning anarchists and government investigators trying to ferret them out. Both sides, which insist a conspiracy is afoot, though neither has anything but their own paranoia on which to base their theories. Kafka's personal investigation allies him with his missing co-worker's mistress, Teresa Russell, and leads to his piercing the walls of the macabre castle overlooking the city to where it seems many street innocents have been dragged for human experimentation. Close thematic, visual, and tonal kin to Terry Gilliam's earlier Brazil, David Cronenberg's later Naked Lunch, and Alex Proya's Dark City, screenwriter Lem Dobbs fashioned Kafka the film as sort of his own version of Cronenberg's Brundlefly, wherein the DNA of two very different beings are merged to create a third, in this case, feeling it was impossible to faithfully adapt the Kafka story to screen in toto, he took literary DNA samples, so to speak, from various works by the author, combined them with references to the author's actual life, then stirred them together into a new narrative all his own. And personally, I've always loved that sort of storytelling, filmmaking in general, and Soderbergh's Kafka in particular. It's certainly not for all taste. Then again, neither are the films of Ingmar Bergman, Alejandro Jodorowsky, or Terry Gilliam, but I and many others tend to love those too. And as stated earlier, yeah, one does tend to have to watch the films of those filmmakers uh, more than a couple of times to start peeling away their layers of social political cleverness. And in the case of Kafka, it's satirical humor aimed squarely at conformist mentality. But for those who don't mind putting a little brain work into the cinema viewing, Soderbergh's film is both a philosophically challenging and visually stunning work of cinematic art. Think of it as a 24 frames per second thesis paper on bravura filmmaking both thematically and technically. So why did it bomb? Quite possibly it was marketed incorrectly. Its posters and theatrical trailers billed it as a new thriller from the director of Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and when audiences and critics saw it, what they got was something much more like a grand-scale chamber piece. 
featuring characters verbally fencing over concepts such as the nature and function and purpose of man in a civilized society, and all of it doled out with the fast, furious, and funny back-and-forth racquetball-like verbal acumen and bone-dry wit one might expect to be more at home in an Abbott and Costello routine, a Tracy Hepburn or Heck MacArthur flick, or even a Zucker Abrams Zucker film. Inspector Grubach. Kafka. 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 Is that uh, your real name? Yes. Well, why shouldn't it be? When was the last time you saw Mr. Rabban? Wednesday. At work? Yes. Did you go anywhere afterwards to have a, have a, have a drink, perhaps? Uh, no. We said goodbye outside the office, and he went straight towards his house. Your office is the Workers' Accident Insurance Association. Where you've been employed for seven years. Eight years. Eight. And seven months. Would you describe your relationship with the dead man as, uh, as close? No. No. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. No. What? Um, well, I worked in the same office with him for three years. Well, he was a very close friend. Uh, he didn't have any other... He had no family. We know that. Is that all? No. We know other things too, Kafka. Jeremy Irons had one year earlier displayed his act-time, dark-and-deadpan comedic chops as wife-murderer suspect Klaus von Bülow in Reversal of Fortune, and Joel Grey had already proved he knew his way around an acerbic verbal put-down as martial arts master Chun in Rima Williams' The Adventure Begins. But who the hell knew Armin Müller-Stahl, Sharon Grave, Ian Holm, and Alec Guinness could actually, while playing it entirely straight, be so damn funny? <laughs> There's even method in the madness, or is it madness in the method, in Soderbergh's casting choice of the usually grim and proper Teresa Russell, perhaps best known to art house cinema audiences as six-time collaborator with director and former husband Nicholas Rogue on films such as Bad Timing, Insignificance, and Track 29. But this is precisely a part of Kafka's genius as a film. It's subversion of, homage to, cinematic convention. In the classic homage department, the film is stunningly shot in old-school black and white with one climactic Wizard of Oz-like color sequence by Walt Lloyd of TV's The Wonder Years and Armistead Malpin's Tales of the City, and it features gorgeous, Oscar-worthy period production design by Gavin Bouquet. In fact, it's Bouquet's work here which convinced George Lucas to hire him for his Young Indiana Jones Chronicles TV series and second trilogy of Star Wars films. And while cinematic costume design is usually executed to have a more background subconscious effect on audiences, here, uh, the magnificently detailed wardrobe by Michael Jeffrey, Ken Russell's go-to guy on Lair of the White Worm, Gothic, and Salome's Last Dance, not only delivers to the audience a distinct and deliberate reference to the days of Houston and Michael Curtiz uh, and their kind of noir, which is pretty appropriate as the film's narrative unfolds like a Chandler-esque mystery, but it's also of such runway world caliber as to make Coppola's The Godfather and Dracula or Ridley Scott's Blade Runner green with envy. On the subversion side of the coin, Soderbergh's casting of usually hardcore, straight-faced British cinema stalwarts like Guinness and having them play their parts so straight as to poke fun at the corporate and political mindset is one of this film's many subtle, below-the-waterline pleasures. But that's, of course, only if you're in on the joke. And that's Kafka in general. You've got to be in on the joke. 
I mean, if you take this as a dead serious thriller, you're bound to not only be disappointed, but to, as most of the world did during its initial release, scratch your head while screaming, what the f***? <laughs> no, if it wasn't clear before, let it be made so now. Kafka is satire. The kind born of playing it dead straight. You know, kind of like Network. While visually reminiscent of Brazil, and it would make a fascinating companion piece, double bill with it, by the way, it doesn't make its postmodern intent as obvious as Gilliam's film does, uh, with its cast kind of side-winking at the audience via the characters deliberately playing things a bit over the top. Uh uh Kafka plays it straight. And as such, we feel it was, I feel it was, misinterpreted by audiences as a suspense thriller that's not thrilling, when it never really had any intent of being one. Although it does have its fair share of creepy. Why do you involve yourself with revolutionaries and anarchists? I should much have preferred it if it had been one of your own manuscripts. I mean it, Kafka. Your work has been an inspiration to me, what I've seen of it. Why don't you publish more often? Is it a certain laziness with regard to composition? Or are you just one of those writers with, uh, how shall I say, no use for an audience? <laughs> you despise someone like me because you despise the modern. But you're at the very forefront of what is modern. You write about it, you document it. Unlike you, though, I have chosen to embrace it. That's our biggest headache. Understanding the human mind. Well, you must admit, at least we have that in common. You and I have nothing in common. I've tried to write nightmares, and you've built one. At any rate, while developing a loyal cult following over the years, and while I've personally always considered myself among the loudest members of that cheerleading squad, uh, Kafka's only ever official availability on home video was a simultaneous one-time-only VHS and laser disc remember those, released by Paramount back in 1992. It's since been made available as a supposedly region-free DVD manufactured in Korea, but with dubious legality, and because its price on Amazon and other outlets kind of exceeds 200 bucks, coupled with the fact that there are some complaints about the disc not playing properly on Region 1, U.S. and Canada players, uh, that leads us to suggest anyone interested in checking out this nifty piece of filmmaking either do so by well up until about a year ago the entire film was available for free to view on youtube and it was a pretty decent copy at that uh, but it's since been taken down otherwise to see it i'd say pick up the vhs copy and you can find one for like 20 bucks online or just wait huh yeah seriously just wait uh, you see, Kafka's status as a relatively obscure film, which many didn't give a damn about, actually now has a positive side. After years of uh, subsequent critical and commercial Soderbergh successes, such as Ocean's Eleven and the sequels, Aaron Brockovich, Out of Sight, K Street, Contagion, Magic Mike, The Nick, and more, the rights to Kafka have since reverted back to Soderbergh, and he wants to redo it in a major way. 
In a few interviews uh, the director held back in 2014, I believe with both the Vulture and Empire magazines, he revealed that while filming side effects, he'd actually shot some new inserts for Kafka, uh, and that he was working with screenwriter Lem Dobbs on dubbing the entire film into German and recalibrating some of the dialogue and story, so that it's now, as he states, a completely different movie. Uh, I was frustrated with Kafka, Soderbergh said. It had a mixed to negative reaction when it came out, and I'm trying to completely rethink it in the hopes of at least turning it into something that's unified. The tone was all over the place, which is the classic young filmmaker's mistake. I'd like to make it a little more abstract and more of a hardcore art movie. It's not a tweak, it's triage. Uh, these triage plans also include giving the film a shorter running time than its current 100 minutes, re-editing it, Jettisoning its, uh, jettisoning its current score, which is not something I'm too keen on, as I love Cliff Martin as his current gypsy influence hammer dulcimer take on things. And he wants to call it a midnight edition, as it would be perfect for Friday and Saturday night screenings, an intentional cult film of sorts, if there can be such a thing. Now, I've got to say, normally I'd bristle at such a notion as extended, altered, director's cut versions of films such as Heaven's Gate, Once Upon a Time in America, Brazil, Legend, and Waterworld now and then are improvements. But more often than not, as evidenced by the rejiggering of, say, The Natural, Cinema Paradiso, Amadeus, David Lynch's Dune, and more, uh, they've too often proven that more is less. Sodenberg, though, claims he'd like to release both the original and new versions on Blu-ray. And if this is indeed the case, well then hell, anything that gets the original version of Kafka restored, remastered, and released in high def has got a big time thumbs up vote here. <laughs> anyway, that was a few years ago, and I guess only time and the ever-changing face of artistic legality, if one can put those two words together, will determine how that more than intriguing notion will eventually play out. Till then... If you're ever channel surfing in the wee hours and you spot uh, Soderbergh's Kafka on the menu grid, or if you still got a VHS or laser displayer laying around, then you need to complete your Soderbergh essentials and just awesome as hell movies from left field bucket list <laughs> by adding what arguably may still rate as my all-time favorite of that director's long, versatile, and at times very eclectic filmography. No conspiracy there. I'm Craig Jamison of Gold Cottage Online, and thanks for joining me for our Gold Cottage Movie Sneak Buried Treasure of the Week. Tune in next week and join me up in those cheap seats. that all film, music, and other clips are the rights and property of the copyright holders and are used here for entertainment, educational, and criticism purposes only. 